You're listening to Coldo D. Messianic Congregation's weekly podcast. Our services are every Saturday morning at 11 a.m. For more information, like us on Facebook or visit our website at coldod.org. So over 2,000 years ago, we just heard that beautiful story of Hanukkah and uh, battle ensued between the Jewish nation and the Greek Empire, culminating in the retaking and dedication of the temple and the continuation of its service and uh, an historical victory. So Hanukkah, to be clear, Hanukkah is not a moad. It's not a biblically commanded festival in Judaism. Um, And it's not a Christian holiday. It's a Jewish holiday, a national holiday, the most observed holiday by Jews worldwide. When I say it's not Christian, it doesn't mean Christians can't celebrate it, and many do, and it's beautiful to celebrate But most Jewish and intermarried families, so you understand, have been lighting their Hanukkahs with their children and chanting the traditional blessings all week. And and believers, Christians, and all non-Jews are uh, welcome and and beautifully share in this rich history in many cases uh, and are learning about it more and more, thank God, and the joyous customs, but never taking away from its national, never to take away from its nationalistic Jewish roots and origins not to Christianize it and take it, take it from its real importance origins. As Messianic Jews and Gentiles, we love to celebrate Yeshua in everything that we do, but never replacing, of course, the actual story, which we just heard, we, important. And, and I like, like the uh, phrase from Maud Sur, the hymn, one of the beautiful hymns of, of Hanukkah, furiously they assailed us but thine arm, thine arm availed us. Furiously, boy, oh boy, when the enemy attacks attack sometimes, it's furiously, furiously, and it happened, they assailed us, but, thank God, thine arm availed us. Amen. As <clears throat> Jews were impelled to pass this door to door, generation to generation to our children and our children's children so that they know this, their, our history and our identity, resisting assimilation and following the God of our fathers, remaining true to him and depending upon him. And to be sure, the holiday has been Americanized. We grew up celebrating it personally. You know, many of us Jewish grew up in competition with Christmas. Uh, in Israel, it was very illuminating, as we've shared before, when we lived in Israel, to see how it was observed, a national holiday commemorating Israel's victory, freedom, and survival. Uh, here, For Jews, we are up against a huge, much larger, much stronger team in many cases, it feels like sometimes. Christmas is everywhere, and I I love Christmas, but, you know, you grow up in in Jewish areas especially, you know, Christmas trees, and I have nothing against Christmas trees. Uh, Each family needs to do what they're convicted to do, what they feel um, they should do, and, you know, and... uh, Maybe we should have had one. Maybe I, my wife and I weren't always on the same page of that. I was thinking growing up, you know, or when we were raising our children, you know, should we or shouldn't we? But uh, I know our, in our home, we had it a couple of years. My parents were experimenting sometimes. A few times they had a Christmas tree, you know, and then said, we're, we didn't have, well, why did we have a Christmas tree? Why don't we? We're just there, you know. Um, but, you know, we always celebrated Hanukkah. We, that was our focus. But um, for those who say it's assimilating, well, yes, it could be, but 
you know, also we have to say, well, what is a similar? How about Olympic games and stadiums, advances in medicine, architecture, city planning, philosophy, poetry, theater? These also are Greco-Roman. So uh, there are many good things as well as bad things from the Greco-Roman culture. But there you have the Christmas lights and music and nativity scenes and beautiful decor outside and inside and, well, Santa Claus, I don't know. Uh, but... <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. How does how, take, take those, the word a little bit? But anyway, um, the letters reorder it. But anyway, but perhaps the <laughs> toughest thing for Jewish kids, presents, presents everywhere. Again, it was refreshing in Israel. No presents exchanged for Hanukkah, you know, because you weren't competing with Christmas. It was just very different. Um, the Hebrew word Hanukkah means dedication and refers to the rededication of the Holy Temple in Jerusalem after its capture, desecration, and then liberation. But for us, it really is the story of our survival through the hand, miraculously, the mighty hand of God. It's about our history, our ups and down, our up and down relationship with God, with Adonai, our battle with and our giving into temptation to be like the people and culture around us. And God's discipline for us turning from him and then the story of a remnant of warriors, the Maccabees, led by a hero named Yehuda. First Mattathias and then Yehuda. Now, Maccabee is an acronym for the Torah verse that was the battle cry for the Maccabees. Micha mocha be'elem Adonai. Let's say, Micha mocha be'elem Adonai. Who is like you among the gods, Adonai? Who is like you among the gods, Lord, O oh Lord? From Exodus 15, 11, God is the greatest of all and the one who grants victory. It was, as we say in our prayers, a victory of the few over the many, the weak over the strong. Summed up in the verse from the prophet Zechariah, and this is the verse I want you to think about, if nothing else today. You ready? Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Yeah, let's say it. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Where is that? Zechariah 4, verse 6. I always cite, like to cite the references because then you can look it back up, right? That's how I learned in Bible college. Pastor, my pastor always would quote the, the verses, references, so I would go look the rep, write the reference down, then I could look it up when I went back and, started, and studied took, uh, you know, throughout the night. So... Uh, Zechariah 4.6, uh, 4.6 is it, you know, lo bechayil velo bechoach kiim beruchi, my spirit, amar Adonai tzivaot. And Hebrew, I would translate it this way, you ready? Not by powerful or natural resources which enable, and not by human strength. In other words, not by man's resourcefulness. And not by man's capability or capacity to act or to endure, but by my spirit, God says. My spirit, and the word ruach means to force open space. God's spirit forces opens a space open, does what is totally supernatural. And Adonai Tzavaot, the Lord of hosts. I love the Lord of hosts, one of God's titles, don't you? And what it means is he's the mobilizer of armies. He has all the angels at his disposal, all the armies, and he can do it in a moment's notice. 
God has all, the, his spirit came into an army of dead bones in Ezekiel 37.10 and caused them to live and stand up a vast army. The Maccabees won through prayer. They won through being energized by God's word through Mattathias and Yehuda or Judah. And they defeated the Syrian Greeks being far outnumbered. Why? Because God's spirit worked beyond their ability to beat their oppressors. Not by might, nor by power or strength, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Joseph, in Genesis 41, was promoted in God's timing in this week's parasha. Verses four, chapter 41, verses 38, I'll read. Then jo Pharaoh said to his servants, Can a man like this be found, one in whom is God's spirit? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Since God has made all this known to you, the dreams he interpreted, there is no one as discerning and wise as you. You, you will be over my house, and all my people will pay homage to you. Only in relation to the throne will I be greater than you. He's going to be second in command. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, See, I appoint you over the whole land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh removed the signet ring from his hand. And this is our, my son's ring, so that's why I love wearing it. Shabbat. And uh, then Pharaoh removed the signet ring from his hand and put it on Joseph's hand, clothed him with fine linen garments, and put a chain of gold around his neck. Then he had him ride in the chariot as second in command, the one that belonged to him. And they called out before him, kneel down. So he appointed him over the whole land of Egypt. Pharaoh also said to Joseph, I am Pharaoh, yet without your permission, no one will lift up his hand or his foot against the whole land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh named Joseph something, Zaphah, Zaphah, and gave him his daughter, etc. Priest, okay, I'll stop there. Then Joseph went out in charge of the land of Egypt. So this is Joseph's promotion, his elevation, a redemption after two very long years in the dungeon. In chapter 41, verse 1, two, he tells those two long, hard, harsh years there since accurately interpreting the cupbearer's dream, and he anticipated release after that, but he wasn't released. It, it looked like he was going to, you know, he did the right thing, and he, but he appealed to the cupbearer, you're going to release me, right? If I, you'll remember me, right? But he forgot him, remember? And he's left still in, languishing in the dungeon for those two years, and now, but now God promotes him. It comes the time, and he's, and, uh, and he's appointed. And so not by my, so Proverbs 18, 16 says, a man's gift makes room for him and it leads him before great men. And this is what happened. And one who is faithful in the smallest matters, faithful in much, Luke 16, 10. It says in 41, 46, now Joseph was 30 years old when he began serving as representative of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. So he was 17, remember, when he got the first dream? Now he's 30 years old, 13 years later, and the promotion comes. Remember what we, the verse we mentioned last week, great verse commentary on, uh, in, the, in, the, in the Psalms, in the writings, Psalm 105.19 on the Joseph story. Until the time that the, his word came, the word of the Lord proved him, remember, refined him. Until the time, ad et bo, Psalm 105, 19, his word, his spoken word, 
the saying of the Lord smelted him. Remember? It removed the impurities. And now this was the time. This was the time. So this is what God's time comes. God's time comes and he promotes you. God's time comes and he releases you from the prison. But there's a prison time and it's smelting us. It's, it's performing what God wants it to do to remove the impurities. Now back to the Maccabees and the Hanukkah story. Yehuda, Judah, gives this amazing oration in the, in the book of Maccabees. And he said this, and it's in 2 Maccabees chapter 8, verses 16 through 23. Turn to that in your, oh, it's not in the Bible. No, it wasn't included in Scripture. It's not included in Scripture. Maybe it should have been. I don't, you know, I'm not a scholar enough to, to, to determine that kind of thing. But the canon was completed. But it's, it's good history. It's good history. It's not Scripture, and we don't consider it Scripture. But it's good history. And here it says, he says this. This is, and I'm quoting you from chapter 8 portion of it. But Maccabeus gathered his men together and exhorted them not to be frightened by the enemy and not to fear the great multitude of Gentiles who were wickedly coming against them, but to fight nobly. For they, he quote, here's what he says, for they trust to arms and acts of daring, but we trust in the almighty God who is able with a single nod, I love that, a single nod, mm, to strike down those who are coming against us, and even the whole world. Moreover, he told them of the times when help came to their ancestors. He's quoting a scripture now. Both at the time of Sennacherib, 2 Kings, which is, um, it's in 2 Kings 19 and Isaiah 37, when 185,000 perished, and then he mentions another battle where 8,000 and 4,000 and, and, and when help came from heaven and destroyed 120,000, and it says, with these words, he filled them with good courage and made them ready to die for their laws. So he builds them up, encourages them with the word of God, infusing them with the strength through the word. Only the word of God is what encourages us, right? Acts 20, 32, build them up. The word of his grace is able to strengthen us. And so uh, it's an interesting, an interesting quote I found from... Um, <clears throat> from uh, Major, U.S. Major Ernest Sabo, he said, there was no sudden clear-cut victory. He did a huge 55-page paper called Operational Issues of Insurgency, Counterinsurgency, the Maccabean Revolt, and it was given at the School of Advanced Military Studies, and he said, he said um, in this paper, he said, the ultimate solution to the conflict was political and diplomatic rather than military. He said it didn't come through one clear-cut victory. It, it occurred through, uh, over, the, over the span of time. Not by might, nor by strength, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Now, John chapter 10, turn there for a second, John chapter 10, interesting, the only record we have in the scriptures of Hanukkah, right? New covenant, of course, because the story occurred between the completion of the Old Testament and New Testament, the Tanakh and the Brit Hadashah. And so, the, 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 the record we have in the New Covenant mentions Yeshua, verse 22 of John chapter 10. Uh, it was winter in Jerusalem, just like it's winter now. Came Hanukkah, then came Hanukkah, was winter in Jerusalem. Yeshua was walking in the temple, Solomon's colonnade. And, and he also filled his followers with good courage like Judah did, 
and made them ready to die for him in the season of Hanukkah. This is the way I see it. I never saw this before. But I think what he's talking about here, what he's doing is actually preparing them for possible martyrdom as well. And he says, if, you, if we read the story here, uh, the leaders are surrounding him and saying, how long will you hold us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us outright. They really liked him. <clears throat> Yeshua answered them, I told you, but you don't believe. The works I do in my Father's name testify concerning me, but you don't believe because you're not my sheep. Now, remember earlier he's talking about my sheep. Uh, I, he calls his own sheep by name. He's talking about the shepherd in the early part of the chapter. My sheep, his, he calls the sheep by name. The sheep follow him because they know his voice, John 10, verse 4. And I'm the gate for the sheep, he goes on to say. So now he, he continues on. He says, my sheep, verse 27, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life. They will never perish. They will never perish, and no one will what? Snatch them out of my hand. By the way, that's one, one verse among many reason I believe in what some would call eternal security. I believe once you belong to the Lord, he can't lose you. I can go away from him. I can lose... I can lose rewards. I can, I can, you know, like Psalm 139 describes. I can, you know, uh, make a mess of things. But, but I, I don't. Once I belong to Him, if I'm really His, I don't believe He can ever lose me. And so, once I've really had that born again experience. But go back to this. Look at what He's saying here. I think He's saying to hear His voice and follow Him as one of His sheep. He's saying is to go to a possible martyr's death to go into the battle, the few against the many, as a Maccabee. He's saying, you will very likely die. And by the way, the apostles did, most of them, right? He says, you will, but you won't really die. Why? You won't really perish because I give you eternal life. So you're going to live anyway. <laughs> Isn't that great? So it's not so bad. <laughs> Listen, you, if you die, you don't really die. You have eternal life. You have eternal life. You're going to live forever. And so, you know, I love I loved the, you know, the idea of my sheep hear my voice and we're his sheep, bah, and, you know, and it's beautiful. And, and, but I think here he's talking about a pretty serious thing, you know, that to follow him means be ready for death. Be ready to follow him like, like Judah's followers did into battle, and it could be. It could, be it could be that you sacrifice yourself. Mattathias said, 1 Maccabees 2, the father of Judah, he, he cried out in the town with a loud voice saying, let everyone who's zealous for the law and supports the covenant come out with me. Follow me, follow me. And then he and his sons fled to the hills and they left all that they had in the town. And so interesting parallel. And Yeshua continues on here in John. Look at what he says here. I love such a beautiful passage. He says, I, he says, my father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my father's hand. I and the father are what? Echad. Yes, we're one. We're one. And again, the Judean leaders picked up stones to stone him 
Yeshua answered to them, I've shown you many good works from the Father. For which of these are you going to stone me? The Judean leaders answered, We aren't stoning you for a good work, but for blasphemy. Though you are a man, you make yourself God. I don't think Yeshua really claimed, ever claimed to be God. Um, you know, I don't think he was God. I don't think he was you know, he, he was just a rabbi, he was just a master, he was just a good teacher. He was, he was God. He claimed to be God. He absolutely, before Abraham was, I am, John 8, 58. From Exodus 3, 14. He, I will be who I will be. He was claiming deity. No question about it. He, said, he says, do you, they knew that. Do you say do you say of him, the one the Father set apart and sent into the world, you speak blasphemy because I said, I am Ben Elohim, the Son of God? There's no question they knew what he meant. There's no question he, he, he believed that. And I'm not interested in arguing that. Therefore, they tried to capture him again, but he escaped from their hand. I'm reading excerpts from this. Many people came to him and were saying, John performed no sign, but all John said about this man was true. And many, thank God, trusted in him there in 41 and 42. So Yeshua clearly and profoundly claims his divinity. Our people will not be upset, needless to say, with you if you say Jesus is just your rabbi or a great prophet or a wide sage. But if I say he is God, guess what? The demons shriek. And why do you think that is? Because it's true. Because that's the issue. You make yourself God, they said. He says, I said, I am Ben Elohim. Micah 5.1, we could mention many verses. Micah 5.1, you are, who are, whose goings forth are from of old to ever eternity. Uh, From Bethlehem, Ephrathah, Isaiah 7.14 and 9.5 and all these verses, we'll probably mention them soon with Christmas, you know, being celebrated, these wonderful verses. I like Isaiah 48.16. Let me mention that one to you. Draw near to me. Listen to this. Draw near to me. Who's speaking? Let me ask you who's speaking here. Draw near to me. Hear this. Since the beginning, I have not spoken in secret. From time it existed. I was there. So now, the Lord God, Adonai Elohim, really yud Elohim, has sent me and his spirit. Well, who's speaking? There's a father, there's a son, there's a spirit there. The son is speaking. The, the triune, the uniplural, the triune God. Um, and uh, to quote, that's, uh, I think Dan Juster coined that phrase first, the uniplural God, the great one. <clears throat> In the beginning was the word. The word was with God, and the word was God, John 1.1. 1, 1. He was with God in the beginning. All things were made through him, and apart from him, nothing was made has come to being. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overpowered it. The true light coming into the world gives light to every man. He's in the world. The world was made through him, but the world did not know him. And uh, he was in the world, the world was made through him, the world did not know him. He came into his own, his own did not receive him. But whoever did receive him, those trusting in his name, gave the right to become the children of God, born uh, in John chapter 1. Uh, he, he's the, we looked upon his glory, 
He's his glory, the glory of the one and only from the Father, full of grace and truth. All this is in John chapter 1. And Thomas, of course, said to Yeshua after his resurrection in John 20, 28, my Lord and my God, my Lord and my God. So just if there's any question, we believe Yeshua is God and that he claimed to be it. He didn't, he didn't beat around the bush. He didn't leave people questioning, are you sure? What do you, maybe he wasn't clear on that. No, we believe they, they, everyone knew what he was. And, and just if there's any question about that. Now, I only have a couple minutes left, so I'm going to spend it on this. Rabbi Saul of Tarsus, uh, he's now transformed. Paul, or the Apostle Paul, Rabbi Shaul of Tarsus, the transformed, the Shaliach Paul, when bringing the glorious good news to Jew and Gentile in the great city of Corinth, he said this, when I came to you, brothers and sisters, he said, I didn't come with excellency of speech or wisdom proclaiming to you the mystery of God, for I decided to know nothing among you except Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, and him crucified. He said, I was with you, weakness, fear, much trembling. My speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. The Spirit and of power. That your faith would not be in the wisdom of men, not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Thank God, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. Thank God. That's what Paul rested in, the power of the Spirit of God upon the Word of God proclaiming Yeshua, Yeshua, as Jason said earlier, Yeshua is the center, Yeshua the life, the gospel, the good news. That's what we want to be all about. Amen. Sharing the good news, Yeshua, Yeshua, it's all about him, that beautiful worship earlier. Not by might, nor by strength, but by my spirit, says the Lord. It's all about him, and it's through his power. Hudson Taylor, the great missionary to China, he said, there are three great stages in every great work of God. First, it's impossible. Then, it's difficult. Then, it's done. That's a good one. So, in Psalm 44, to close, for it was not by their own sword that they took possession of the land, nor did they, their own arm save them. But it was your right hand, Lord, your arm, and the light of your face. For you favored them. You are my king, O God. Command victories for Jacob. Through you, we will push back our foes. Through your name, we trample those rising up against us. For I do not trust in my bow, nor can my sword save me. For you saved us from our oppressors and put to shame those who hated us. In God, we make our boast all day, and your name we praise forever. Psalm 44, verses 4 through 9, Selah. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Furiously they assailed us, but your arm availed us. This is the story of Hanukkah and of God's faithfulness. We thank you, Lord, and we bless you, B'Shem Yeshua. Bless you, Lord, for our history, for your faithfulness and your faithfulness for each of our, in our lives and our families' lives this day and for Israel and all said, Amen. If you